Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On all things franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros and I'm your host today. Thanks so much for finding some time out of your busy day to spend with me. I know that time is that one commodity that you just can't get back. You know, we talk about franchising here on the show But you may have a small business, independent business, or maybe you know someone that does, and you're wondering, what does it take to franchise? Is that something that we should consider? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. So I read um, an article in it, and the name of it was, Franchising Makes Sense. When you started your business, you had a dream to build something great but it's hard to operate a business and grow it at the same time. And you may be in that position where you have a small business and you are trying to provide the service, but you're trying to market it and you're trying to do all of those things. I call them spinning plates. There's so many spinning plates when it comes to running a business. So that's what we're going to be talking about today with my guest, Tom Dufour. And Tom is the CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team. Big Sky has been helping owners franchise their businesses for more than 15 years. So please help me in welcoming Tom to the show. Tom, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Tom, a lot of times, you know, an independent business owner, they don't realize that they can franchise their business um, and that they can expand that way. Tom, first tell me, before we get started in this, tell me just a little bit about why did you decide to help businesses franchise? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Well, just for, for me, I when I first got into the franchising business and franchise world, uh, it was actually my first job right out of college. And just by chance, I I knew I wanted to be in management consulting, and so that was a career path that I was going down. And my first opportunity just happened to be at a franchise company consulting organization that helped companies franchise their business. And unknowingly at the time, it really met several areas of interest. I, I love entrepreneurship. I've always had a, a, a passion for that. My, I grew up watching my dad as a small business owner, um, starting his business and kind of pursuing his dream that he wanted to. And so that always uh, inspired me and was of interest. I had, had seen the power of entrepreneurship. And so um, – when I then uh, learned about franchising and started understanding it greater, to me, it was a way for that entrepreneur to take what they've created, 
have a chance to share it with someone else, a, a budding entrepreneur, for example, and folks uh, that you've worked with for many years, Linda, and helping them mm-hmm. find the right franchise opportunity, uh, and then and then also finding a way to to build wealth for themselves with with a business that they already know and love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Tom, uh, a lot of times people get a little confused because. Franchising, just the idea of the franchise business model can be overwhelming for those that really don't understand it. And one of the ways I explain it is it's nothing more than a distribution or a delivery model. Isn't that right? That, that's right. You, you, that's exactly right. Franchising is a method of distribution. That's all. And for business format franchising, which is what most people recognize as a franchise, which are, is basically a business model. We're just distributing the products or the goods or services that you sell through your business. And so mm-hmm. whether you're, you're washing, a window washer or a janitorial company or uh, a restaurant or a hotel of some kind, it, it's the same concept. So we're, we're replicating. It's, it's a method of distribution to bring it to the end consumer. So uh, oftentimes I'll refer to myself as a distribution expert, uh, and Mm -hmm. I just happen to specialize in franchising. There are other ways of distribution. Franchising is just very defined with a lot of history behind it that makes people a lot of comfort uh, and strength in in growing through that that, uh, avenue. Sure. So, you know, if we've got someone that started at the top of the show talking about those independent business owners, and Tom, maybe there is a husband, wife, maybe there is a family business, and they have a couple of locations, but they can't go any further. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you help those independent business owners to see see some relief um, to be able to do this and not have to just exhaust themselves and eventually it would take a toll on their health I would imagine oh a- a- absolutely yeah I mean there there are three primary reasons why that business owner you just described it Will would likely be considering franchising, and uh, one uh, reason number one is money. They just don't have any more money to invest to open more territories or locations, or they're not willing to invest any more money into getting that uh, more locations up and going. The second reason is management, and we describe management as really the people issue hiring and managing the staff to run the day-to-day operations. And that can be exhausting when you're running many locations by yourself, when you become essentially a district manager or a regional manager of your own business. It, 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 it can take a toll. And the third reason is what we refer to as multiply. And someone would be looking to, who's looking to multiply or grow quickly it's hard to do that through just company-generated cash flow or maybe a bank loan that you, you maybe can open one, two, three, four, but there, there's a limit eventually to that. And so you're looking to grow more quickly, and that, that's where franchising comes into play to help solve that problem. Um, 
not to mention as you're operating the business, when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to enjoy your life mm-hmm. and enjoy the fruit of your labor as as you're running in that. And I, I, I've seen burnout happen in so many mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and business owners that think, oh, I just have to keep opening locations and then I'll be ready to franchise or then I'll be ready for whatever the next thing might be. Um, and, and I've just seen burnout and uh, people get tired very quickly when they start to go that pathway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom, I've talked to, before I got into franchise, I talked to many independent business owners, and they think the only exit strategy for their company is when they do get that burnout, when they are just totally uh, ground down to the grind and they have no uh, nothing else in them, they think that at the end, They'll be able to sell that business, but it doesn't always, it's not always as valuable as what they think if it's just that one location or maybe two locations. But it's different when they look at franchising as an option, isn't it? Yes, it's, it's very different. It's very different. And, and what's interesting is even the business that, the business that decides to not franchise, if they decide not to franchise, but they design their business with franchising in mind, with systems and processes and organization, Mm -hmm. the value of that business certainly is going to go up because it's less reliant upon the owner or of, of operating that business or key personnel where everything, where knowledge has been transferred through training or through, uh, uh, just sharing information versus being documented and process processes clearly defined, and and mm-hmm. that's one of the power uh, powers of franchising. Even if you franchise and you never sell a location, the it, it, you will see a multiplier in the valuation of your own business, and that that's one of the exciting things. Uh, one of the exciting outcomes we see that happen for our clients is it makes hiring staff easier, training staff, onboarding new people, uh, processes, and allowing the owner maybe even just to enjoy what they're doing a little bit more. Uh, And then you add into the mix that, oh, boy, well, if we just sell one franchise or two franchises, um, you're able to – a a statistic we talk a lot about is that if if you were to sell just one franchise, franchise of whatever business you're in, that one sale is worth anywhere from half a million dollars to $1.5 million. Could be more, but that's a pretty consistent range at half a million to $1.5 million range. That's what the value of one franchise is. And that does not take into account the time value of money to take into account inflation and other factors that go into this. So it's actually going to be higher than that when you, when you consider it. But uh, when you take into uh, just from straight, simple math, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a pretty hefty return for just one, one franchisee being added into your network. 
You know, Tom, I am I am no numbers whiz, and I certainly don't know anything about uh, investing in the stock market or anything. But I have to say, those returns sound like they would be uh, significantly higher than um, just putting some money in mutual funds. Or, and I'm not suggesting, folks, please don't. I I am not a financial advisor, but it just seems like the return would be um, less risky, certainly, than the stock market today anyway. And it, the, um, the return sounds like it could be almost limitless, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it, it's, it really, franchising allows for the business owner to really continue to build their own wealth or family wealth or maybe even legacy wealth to to make an impact on whatever's important to them it might be for their family it might be for their community it might be to give back whatever is important for those resources for those for those financial gains to contribute to there are a lot there's a lot of good and positive things that can come out of that and so when when you think of when the business owners thinking about using franchising as a way to build wealth, it, it, it inherently provides a, an avenue that is generally less risky than other alternative investments. And the primary reason is because the business owner knows this industry. And so if, if you built a business in, in whatever industry you happen to be in, you're going to understand that business. You're going to have uh, your ear to the ground in understanding what trans- trends are happening, what you see coming forward in the future. And on top of it, it's something you already enjoy doing. It's something you already like. So you're, you're able to expand and grow doing something you already know and enjoy. And I think there's tremendous value in that versus what, what could be areas where you know less area, and you mentioned some things where people like to put money into, such as uh, whether it's stock market or cryptocurrencies or uh, precious metals or real estate, or you, you pick it, you know, any of these mm-hmm. investment alternatives. And f- for me, when I think of the, the entrepreneur, you know, the entre- you, you already took a big risk in starting this new business venture that you went into, mm-hmm. and you figured this out how to make this successful. Now you have all of this intellectual property that you've developed. You own this. You, already, you own your systems, your process, your methodologies. You've, that is intellectual property that nobody else has. And the same mm-hmm. thing goes for your brand, and there's a value in the brand that you've created. So you're capitalizing on this intellectual property that you've created so it's so it's no longer just how much can you produce in terms of revenue in one day or a week or a year it's looking at you have this asset this intellectual property asset now that you're able to take and replicate multiple times so you're able to multiply your success as uh, over and over and over again with each franchise that opens and that to me is is a very powerful thing for a franchise or or for for a business owner to expand through franchising and to me it's one of the things that is not often talked about in franchising is 
for that business owner or really an entrepreneurship, I should say, an entrepreneurship circles of using franchising as a way to capitalize on that intellectual property that the business owner has already created and invested the blood, sweat, and tears into, that is valuable. But the blood, sweat, and tears is not valuable or not of concern if you were just to sell your one or two or three mm-hmm. company-owned units that you have operating. That, that is not a value to that potential buyer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. So let's take that blood, sweat, and tears and convert that into – take that intellectual property and convert it into – a franchise model for for distribution. Mm-hmm. So, Tom, do you see that there is um, if if Mr. and Mrs. Plumber come to you and say, mm-hmm. "Hey, look, uh, Junior doesn't want to be a plumber," and so we think the only way to save this company is to franchise it. Do you look at companies that have been in business for a specific period of time? Uh, Does it make sense that they at least have five or ten years under their belt? What are you looking for as a perfect independent business that could be um, uh, become a franchise? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, For most clients that we work with. Most clients have, in terms of years of operation, most have been operating for around three years or more is, is where most have. And the reason that it is the case is we look at three big primary drivers to determine the viability or feasibility of franchising a business. And one of the first one is having a profitable prototype. And so that means you have an existing business. You're past kind of that development stage of sorting out, is this going to work? Isn't it going to work? Can I make a living running this business? And so that's where that three years number oftentimes comes in because it, it, usually by three years, the, the business owner has figured out if it's going to make sense, if that they can make a profit. And really when I think of profit, it's really – can you make a living running and operating this business, and can, and can a franchisee make a living running that? Um, and what's a living? Well, uh, for, for most, we, we like to look at saying, well, if you were to hire a, a manager to run your operation, what would that manager make? What's the going rate locally for that? And that's what we're looking for, plus a, a, a return on their cash investment if you're the owner-operator and so certainly you'd like to see a, a return on that. Uh, the, sec- the second piece we want to take a look at in terms of how, what, what are we ideally looking for is we also want to take a look at is there a consumer base for your product or service or for the goods or services that you're selling, is there a consumer base on a national level? Uh, now, at minimum, we'd want a regional customer base, but um, preferably – nationally, meaning there there are people who are going to buy your products and services. So that way then if you open up in Tucson, Arizona, or Miami, Florida, or in uh, Rhode Island, or uh, Seattle, Washington, there are going to be consumers that would purchase your goods or services. And then then the third piece that we want to take a look at is can this be taught? To someone, can you train someone how to run and operate the business? And for example, 
we've had clients that are in the veterinarian business They're, uh, that, mm-hmm. that uh, runs a veterinarian company that franchises. Well, mm-hmm. in these instances, the people who are buying this very often end up being veterinarians. Well, we're not sure. going to teach people how to be a veterinarian. There, there are medical right. schools and things for that. But we, we are going to teach the veterinarian how to run a veterinarian business, how to get customers, how to uh, market, how to provide customer service, how to manage the systems and the processes, and um, how to keep track of your customers, and all of the things that go into running and operating a successful small business. So those are the three things we, we like to take a look at when when someone comes in and they kind of check all three of those boxes. Well, at that juncture then, it, it, it most likely, it's not every case, but most likely your business is franchisable. And then the question it really is, do you want to franchise your, your business? Mm-hmm. Is it something that, that you're ready to either take that next step into, commit the time to, um, or, uh, or take that, take that uh, uh, jump or step into that next growth phase of your business? So, Tom, when, when a company comes to you, and maybe they have been in business three to five years, and they, they tick off some of the boxes, but not necessarily all of them, um, maybe they don't have the most powerful CRM, maybe their processes are not as smooth as they should be, is that something that you help them to develop so that when they do decide to franchise their brand, then they have that in a box, so to speak. Yeah. So what I found is that for – that's a great question. What I found for most successful small businesses that are operating, generally those systems and processes already exist. Um, It's just a matter of putting them all together. So uh, what, if, if you have, uh, as you described, a CRM or some kind of software or system tool you're using to run your business with, chances are that's going to also work for your franchisees. Um, a lot of times the, 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 the solution is a lot more simple than might be thought of, uh, might be thought of, um, when when looking at franchising, sometimes the, we'll meet with entrepreneurs and they have in their mind, they have in their mind that they have to have these giant systems, like the like the mega franchise systems out there, like a McDonald's or yeah. fill in the blank for any large franchise brand. They think, oh, well, I'm not as big as I, – I don't have the systems like McDonald's. They're like, well – of course not. How, you, they have tens of thousands of locations. <laughs> you know, it's a mm-hmm. it's a different level. Um, and so when you have, I always tell our clients, when when you have a hundred franchises, you'll act and have resources like a hundred unit franchise system. And when you have five hundred, you'll have five hundred lo- the resources and and uh, of what a five hundred unit franchise system has. And it, each of these different phases of growth. You have different resources, different avail- access to capital and uh, staff that will be working with you. And so you're, as you're much like when, you, when, a, when a, an entrepreneur starts their business, they work with the resources they have and maximize those resources. That's what I love about entrepreneurs. They're very resourceful in utilizing, have max utilization of the resources 
at their disposal. And that skill set is extremely important when you start a franchise system as well. So we want max utilization of the resources you have today. And as those resources grow and change over time, it's the, the same kind of idea will apply for utilizing the, the uh, resources that are at your disposal. And so that, that's something that we like to talk through with our clients because uh, sometimes they'll have this idea, oh, I have to build this huge training facility and training center before I franchise. And the short answer is I do not, as a, as a general blanket statement, generally advise developing a comprehensive giant training facility before you've sold one franchise. <laughs> I, I, have, I have had clients do that in the past, and one client in particular, he invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in a facility and product wow. and all of these different things, and he went out of business. It drained oh. all of the cash, and I told him not to. I said, please don't do this. I don't think this is a, a, a good idea to, for your franchise. I said, we need to get some franchisees in because you're trying to answer problems or solve problems that don't exist. You don't even know mm -hmm. if they will exist. You're just mm -hmm. guessing that they might exist. And so let's not guess at problems that we think might exist in the future. So mm -hmm. we know, however, at this stage, to bring this back to where you were saying, we know right now that for most, for the entrepreneur that has the systems and processes that are working, we know those work. And so generally our role when we come in with, with clients is to help them button it up. It's, we're going to shore it up a little bit. So there may be a missing link between some of the things. We'll make a recommendation to a, 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 an effective solution. Uh, we help document processes. A lot of times entrepreneurs will have bits and pieces of their processes documented. It's kind of scattered about. And so mm -hmm. we, we, we gather all of that material, centralize it, and, and we identify gaps. Where are the gaps in this? And help fill those gaps and then organize all of that material so that it's easy to follow, it's in one place, and that it's, uh, it's, it's all documented in a clean and professional manner that, that they will feel confident presenting to uh, future franchisees that enter into their system. Sure. And, you know, Tom, talking about the systems and everything, if they have something, like you said, that works for them today and can grow to, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40, 50 franchise locations, then at that point, you can look at it and maybe change the platform. Uh, it doesn't mean that what you start with is what you're going to be using if you have a thousand franchisees out there. Yes, that, that's exactly that's exactly right. I, I had an interview not long ago, and uh, the gentleman I interviewed made a great point, and he said we need to think more in terms of evolution thinking instead of revolution thinking, mm. and. Sometimes the entrepreneurs that we're working with have this idea of revolution thinking when they're starting to franchise their business. They think, oh, when I franchise, I have to change everything dramatically. Mm -hmm. And in most cases, that's not true. It's just that is the wrong way of thinking. But what is true is what you just said there, Linda, which is it's more of an evolution thinking that 
the resources I have today will probably, if I'm that entrepreneur, will probably get me to that 20 or 30 or 40 unit marker. And, and it will sustain to that point. And once I hit 20 units, my system will have different needs. And so right. I need to evolve to meet those needs at that point in time. And um, you, you've been in franchising for a long time, and there are so many great resources for franchisors as they grow. There are so many great suppliers and great mm -hmm. systems and tools that are available for a franchise system at different stages of growth. So there are franchise management systems that are available when you're ready for a robust, comprehensive franchise system. The, the, mm -hmm. Those are systems like that are available and hiring very seasoned, experienced franchise staff that maybe spent time working at Rourke Capital or one of these other large franchise holdings companies. There, there are, there, there, there are, there's talent available, uh, resources available when you're ready for that. But as the old saying goes, right? Don't, don't put the cart in front of the horse. Yeah. You know, let's, yeah. let's get some franchisees into the system and, and get them happy and healthy and, and, um, and then your system will, will grow from there. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, Tom, this is fascinating and, but I need to take a quick commercial break. Um, do you happen to have any stories that maybe you could share with us when we come back from break? Absolutely. Wonderful. So, folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we will be back with more from Tom Dufour with Big Sky Franchise Team. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come. Contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. Linda Ballesteros here. My guest today is Tom Dufour with Big Sky Franchise Team. Uh, Tom, when we broke for commercial break, I asked if you happen to have some stories you could share with us. Yeah, I, I sure do. A absolutely. Uh, and one in particular uh, that I always love to share and is one of my favorite stories. And Maybe just because I think they're, they're, they're great people and a great family, but a, a client I worked with several years ago called Blue Moon Estate Sales 
and we may have talked about them even on the last show. Yep. I just love their story. And uh, it's, it's, this is a family that had a, a long time estate sale business that started. They ran it for many, many years. And one day, um, uh, one of the family members said, you know, maybe we should look to grow this beyond just our little market here in the Raleigh, North Carolina area. And they, they'd been doing well and had systems and processes and said, maybe we should look at doing that. They had some staff that had moved away and had asked, Is, are there some ways maybe we could stay involved in the business? Maybe we could open up a branch or, or a territory in this in our the area we relocated to. And that led them to franchising. And so they ended up selling franchises and selling about 30 or so units. And um, were they ended up getting approached by a large franchise investment group that made them an offer that was the right offer at the right time that they accepted and they were bought out of the business. And this was after uh, about six years or so. And, you know, the, the, the biggest challenge that came from that then was <laughs> what are we going to do now? Um, I thought I wanted to retire, but maybe I didn't. And so, um, uh, you know, and, and I say that a little tongue in cheek, um, but the, but the, um, Founders and owners are, are they're, they're great people. And in fact, um, the son of uh, uh, the founder, uh, the, uh, they are, um, he's still involved in the operations with the, with the investment group and still involved with the franchise system and the franchisees and growing nationally. So I always think that's a fun story to share from kind of initial idea to sale. And, and just to share with your listeners that, this is something that you might have one or two of something and even getting to that 20 or 30 or 40 unit franchise mark, there are franchise buyers ready. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Linda, as you know, I, 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 mm -hmm. I've never seen this much activity from the uh, venture capitalists and mm -hmm. uh, private equity groups that are and, and other investors that are buying into the franchise business and they're mm -hmm. acquiring franchisors or investing and taking a percentage stake in these companies. And so, um, you know, it, it's, it's a very interesting time. Another interesting brand is called the Lean Kitchen Company. And this is a, a, a gentleman that started a, a, uh, a, a healthy eating Basically, and you you come in and you pick up your meals for the week. It's fresh, mm. freshly made, and you take it and reheat it. And you know, he went from two locations when we started working with him several years ago. He has over seventy-five units sold now wow. in just a few years, and he's grown so fast that he's had to put franchising on hold, franchise sales on hold twice uh, because so there was so much interest. He actually had to put it on hold for six months or a year while he made sure to shore up operations and bring in uh, staff and people to make sure his franchisees were, were going to continue growing. So, and he's, he's up and growing and, and doing very, very well. Um, so I think that's an exciting story on, on what's happening. And, and, um, and then uh, a, a fairly recent brand is called new again houses. And it's a, it's essentially a house flipping franchise you know, you know mm -hmm. it's not you know house flipping is 
extremely competitive when you really think about it. There, there are house flippers, mom and pop operators, uh, investors, all kinds of uh, folks in that space. And they, they have really defined a model and started working with them again a few years ago, had a couple territories when we started working with them, and they're up to over 50 units and growing right now uh, nationally. And so it's, it's one of those things, whether you're in a unique, never really been franchised nationally kind of basis, kind of like the Blue Moon Estate Sales, or you're in a new business like the Lean Kitchen Company, where you know, it's really a new business model. No one's really doing exactly what they're doing and the way they're doing it. Um, or you take an old industry that's highly competitive with, with other national franchise players and, other, uh, and, and, and competitive just even on local level. Um, you know, there, there are ways that you can do it and, and capitalize on, like we had talked about, on the intellectual property that you've already created. Um, so, so those are just, I would say, some instances of, of an example. And one thing uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about that I'd like to just share quickly is talking about the exit strategy. And so when you sell a franchise company, let's say you franchise your business and you're now ready to say, I'm ready to exit. You know, why would I do that versus some of these alternative investments? We talked a little bit about the value of one, just one franchise sale. Uh, you know, for, for, for easy math, we just say on average, the value of one franchisee over a 20-year franchise agreement is worth a million dollars, just for some easy math to look at and simple math to work with. And when you go to exit and sell your franchise company, it typically sells at 8 to 12 times EBITDA, earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And so basically the cash flow that, that comes from the business. An 8 to 12 times multiple is pretty standard. I've seen it as low as 5 or 6 times, and I've seen it as high as 30 times EBITDA. Wow. And so, yeah, and, and now for a growing franchise brand where you can show that you've had a steady, consistent growth rate for new franchise sales, those future franchise sales are able or, – or, excuse me, let me rephrase – are oftentimes able to be consistent considered into the valuation of the business because there's, there, there is a forecast and projected growth. So franchises that have been sold but not opened should be factored into the sale price. Uh, franchise sales efforts that are showing a trend will be factored in for growing franchise companies. So sometimes that 8 to 12 times is increased because, they, mm. because when, when it's valued, it takes into consideration – the future value of growth that is on on the cusp. It's on the horizon here. You know, Tom, I love the fact that you're bringing up that exit strategy because when you were talking about whether it was Blue Moon or Lean Kitchen, I think of what that exit strategy would have looked like had they not franchised. So they would not be able to um, – sell the company and go buy that island. Uh, it, they, it just would look very different. Uh, but because they franchised that, they were able to invest in, in their retirement in a way that they were able to manage the growth 
more than investing in a 401k or um, or the stock market or like you said cryptocurrency so I love the fact that you're comparing those because that alone could be an incentive for an independent business owner who's listening out there to actually at least start conversation about franchising yeah, absolutely, and especially if the biz- if your business is profitable and you're doing well, most successful businesses come fourth quarter, you look at all the profit in your account, and you say, boy, I, I better spend some of this on, on investing in my company because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm going to have to pay taxes on it anyway, so I might as well do something for the business. So the nice thing when you franchise the business and you go through these in, in, expenses of investing in going through franchising your business by hiring a company like ours to help you through that franchise process and then into franchise marketing efforts and lead generation and all of those are business expenses so uh, in in my uh, experience I found that you're able to by investing in this you are helping reduce some of your initial tax liability early on because you have it's their business and their legitimate business expenses it's not you know any and again i'm not a tax advisor you know of course but um you know these are these are just general business expenses that that you're incurring along the way so um you know it's one one way to view this as you're um as you're starting to expand and think of options to expand and grow your business so i i guess i would just add that in there as an, an additional takeaway for for that expansion discussion yeah definitely Tom we're down to the end of the show here if someone's listening and they you have piqued their interest about the opportunity to possibly franchise their independent their family-owned business how would they find more information about you and Big Sky yeah the, the best place to go is to check out is our website which is Big Sky franchise team.com uh, and that's the best way to go it's it's a long domain but uh, we've got a ton of free resources on there we have a free franchise ability franchise ability quiz they can take uh, we've got a, a great takeaway it's called the nine pitfalls to avoid before franchising your business um, uh, it's a free PDF download and then we have a free weekly podcast a, a week a near weekly webinar series so if someone's just saying, boy, I just want to discover some more. We have lots of content. If, if you want to do more than just read some things and like to have a com- conversation, we offer a free, no obligation consultation to any business owner that's thinking about franchising. We'd be happy to talk to you and answer your questions. And there's no cost, no obligation, and see if it's a fit. And, and if it might be a fit for your business, whether that's today or tomorrow or several years down the road, um, we, we want to be your go-to resource when you're ready, if, if and when you're ready uh, to franchise your business. Mm-hmm. Tom, is there one more thing that you, a nugget that you would like to leave the listeners with that, whether you've discussed it in the interview today, our discussion today, or maybe not, is there something that you would like to um, leave with everybody? I would say that if you own a business or maybe your listeners know someone who owns a business and they've been wondering what's next or where do I invest, the answer 
very well may be right under your nose. You might be working in it and running that business every day. That is your investment vehicle. Do not lose sight of the fact that you have created something unique and different and that you have created an intellectual asset, intellectual property asset. And so it's available for you to utilize and to look at doing something with. So I would just say any business that, that has made that point that's profitable, if you're thinking about expanding, you owe it to yourself to at least consider the idea of franchising. You may not do it. It may not be the right fit for you or your business or where you want to go, but it's at least worth considering. Tom, as always, great conversation. I always learn so much when you're on the show. Thanks so much for being a guest today, and I can't wait to um, have you on next time. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Linda. Absolutely. So, folks, just like Tom said, if you own a business or if you know someone that owns a business, you might just see, is there an opportunity is this something that you should consider? If, if you have an opportunity to grow your business, wouldn't you want to at least take a look at it? As always, I'm going to leave you with a quote. This one is, goes like this. One thing that makes people magnificent is their ability to dream. Your imagination can take you anywhere, help you imagine the best of all futures, and show you what seemed impossible is now absolute reality. That quote is by Glenn Bell. He is the founder of Taco Bell. So I think he knows a thing or two about franchising and expanding. Folks, thanks again for being with me on All Things Franchising, and we'll see you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.